You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Uh, we sure thank the Lord for what He's doing uh, here at Eastside Baptist Church. Um, I moved up, up to the Dakotas uh, from, I'm not sure if I'm a Yankee. Or if I'm a rebel, amen, I'm not sure. Uh, born right on the Mason-Dixon line, uh, but we moved over here, I guess, back in 1994. And um, uh, when we came, there were so many. If you took a South Dakota state map and put it up, there was no church in Pier. There was no church in Watertown. I mean, we could just go on and on. You get here, you go to Mitchell, which is an hour from here, go to a church and go to Rapid City and Aberdeen and Mobridge, and that was about it as, as far as independent Baptist churches. And so we've, we've watched the Lord do a great work here. Yeah. We've watched a lot of men come and go, yeah. but we've watched a lot more come and stay. Amen. Amen. And we thank the Lord for that. And, uh, but last night, I told Pastor Jet this morning, I said it's, it was almost surreal for me uh, watching the amount of men that are here as church planners to this region, yeah. and then watching the men that are here that have established church plants and watching them work together, and you can't help but think, man, we're on the small end of something big. Amen. Uh, God's working and moving up here in the Dakotas, and I thank Him for it. Uh, and so we, we just thank the Lord for the privilege to be able to be here this morning. Uh, I'm going to just take a few moments before I preach. Pastor Jed asked me to uh, just tell a little bit about Falls International, and then I want to uh, give a, just a few statistics about our state right here in South Dakota. Amen. And, uh, and, and maybe you're here and you're not a church planner and you're praying about God's will. Consider the will of God. Amen. Because there's some great needs here. Real quickly to start that, I want to turn to Romans chapter 15 and verse number 20. Romans chapter 15, verse 20 and 21. Uh, these, are, these are the verses that God used in my life as a young man way back when Lamar Whittemore and myself, we dormed together in Bible College in Greenville, South Carolina, Tabernacle Baptist Bible College. And uh, before he got up here, I was going to make a deal with him that if he didn't tell any stories about me, I wouldn't tell any about him. But I just let him do all the telling about him. Amen. And we were good. Amen. So uh, praise the Lord. Um, uh, we had, uh, God's given us just a tremendous friendship down through the years. Amen. And I'm so thankful for what he's doing. But in Bible college, uh, our Christian missions professor took us to these verses. And I went to Bible college knowing God had called me to preach uh, wanting to be an evangelist, you, you know, as a young man and a young preacher boy, you see these evangelists traveling around, amen, preaching. I'm like, man, we got to have revival in America. And uh, one night our, our Christian missions professor, uh, he had us open to these verses and he was teaching a lesson. And, and, and honestly, I never got out of these verses. Uh, the apostle Paul said, yea, so have I strived to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build upon another man's foundation. But as it is written, to whom he was not spoken of, they shall see, and they that have not heard shall understand. And that's the verses that God used in my life to make it clear to me that he wanted me to be a church planner. The Lord's allowed us for many, many years to serve here in South Dakota. And those that know our family and know the story, uh, really of our family, how God's led us. God's allowed us to serve in Africa, and Lord willing, one day soon we'll be going back. Uh, but uh, our most recent church plant... Uh, is right here in Sioux Falls, and, and uh, the Lord allowed us two years ago, in a week and a half, it'll be two years already, uh, Isaac, can you believe that, uh, already at the two-year anniversary, 
uh, of, of Falls International Baptist Church. I cannot believe that. Uh, but God's done a great work. Now, having, having planted a lot of churches, or I shouldn't say a lot of churches, a few churches in small towns, South Dakota, and then some churches in some villages in Africa, uh, having done that, uh, man, coming to Sioux Falls, man, I feel like a kid in a candy store. And, and, and that's, that's the truth. Uh, man, it's like, man, in Hoven, uh, we were there for 14 years, 500 people. And uh, I mean, we'd go knock on every door in town and be done in two hours. Amen. And, uh, and over and over and over again. And uh, we'd hit every, every town uh, in, in a 45-mile radius of Hoven and, and every farm in a 45-mile. But you just kept meeting the same people over and over. In downtown Sioux Falls, man, sometimes, I mean, it's just new people every day. And, uh, and so what's going on at Falls International? I'm telling you right now, it's not because of us, amen. God has put us right there uh, at this time uh, with the demographics that are there, and God's done some amazing things there. I really feel like I'm just an onlooker watching God work over there. We've seen uh, yesterday morning we had our 61st person make a profession of faith uh, in, in, in here in the last two years. And, uh, and, and I mean, the majority of those folks are there. They're getting baptized. We've got five baptisms, two weeks. They're growing in grace. And it's just awesome to see what the Lord's doing there. And uh, again, um, uh, Dr. Seitler uh, down there at Tabernacle Baptist, the head of our Bible college and the pastor of the church there, he said, uh, God can use a crooked stick to draw a straight line. Amen. And anything he does with any one of us, amen, is in spite of us. Uh, you mark that down. You say, well, look how holy I am. I'm going to tell you the only reason you got any holiness at all is because God's holy. Amen. Outside of the grace of God, and you know it's true. Every one of us will be on our way to hell right now. We're here because of the grace of God. And uh, so I thank God for what he's done there. And, uh, and, and we're certainly not on the, on the church planner uh, needs list. I, I can honestly say this. Every need supplied, every moment satisfied. But there is one need that's not on here for us. And pastor said I could do this. And I don't know if we can call someone from the floor or not. But we need a pastor for Falls International Baptist Church. Amen. Uh, we're ready to turn the church over. My, my wife and I really believe God wants us to go back to Africa and continue church planning there. But we can't leave. Church planners don't leave. If God doesn't provide a pastor, how could you plant a church and leave sheep without a shepherd? Don't do that, guys. If you start a church, stay with it until God raises up a man. But as soon as God raises up, so I don't know if we want to just call from the floor. Does anybody want to pray about taking Falls International Baptist Church? Amen. You pray about it, all right? I don't see any hands going up. Amen. All right. Pray about it. Pray about it. God's doing some great things over there. And, but, but, but I'm a church planner, and God's made it clear. It's not, it's, not, it's not in the cards for me to stay there long term. It's in the cards for our family to go back to Africa as missionaries and continue there. But I'm, and, 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 and that's the other part, I think, last night that did so good from my heart. Uh, to see all the men here, because I'm telling you, when I came here in 1994, there, 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 wasn't, there, there wasn't people like this all over this state and, and coming from the region. I mean, we drove seven hours to go to a meeting just to get fellowship with somebody. I mean, and, and so we've watched God do some great things. And so when we go back, it's good to know that we can go back and God's bringing men in here. And, and there's a great work that's continuing on here for God's glory. Let me give you some statistics and then you can be turning over to Revelation, the last chapter of your Bible, Revelation 22. And by the way, wasn't that a good message that we heard last night from the word of God? And I certainly don't want to say anything too nice about the preacher because we don't want him to fall in pride, amen. But honestly, Brother Herring, that was a tremendous message. And, uh, and I really wish to God um, uh, that, that, that I'd listened to that message years ago, and I mean that. Um, 
Brother Sam Davison uh, preached here, I think, I want to say three or four years ago, maybe it was 2016, maybe four years ago, and uh, I'd heard all my life uh, in preaching, and I've preached ever since I was a preacher, you grow in faith by reading the Word of God, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, but Sam Davison, after we went through some rough times in our own family, amen, and rough times in the ministry, and I, I stepped out of the ministry for a year and came back here to Sioux Falls, and Brother Davison was preaching, and God put his finger on my heart, brother, amen. And uh, Brother Davison said, we hear all of our life how that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how you grow in faith. And he said, preachers, you want to know how to grow in grace? Church members, you want to know how to grow in grace? And I thought, well, the Bible just says grow in grace. But he went to that verse where the Bible said, God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace to the humble. Yes, That's the only way that we can grow in grace is through humility. Amen. That's the only way. And as soon as we lose that humility... As a pastor, as a church planner, we stop growing and our church isn't going to grow. Amen. And we've got to stay humble. Thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in a high and holy place with him also that is of a broken and a contrite heart. That's who God dwells with. That's who God works with. Stay humble, man. There's nothing special about you and I. You say, well, bless God, I'm a church planner. You're a sinner saved by grace with the privilege to preach the word of God. And don't ever forget it. Amen. It's so easy to forget. Amen. Well, let me give you some statistics about our state. South Dakota. I can't talk much about Minnesota. I'll, I'll, I'll leave Nebraska, Iowa to these other guys. But South Dakota, we have a population uh, of about 885,000 people. Uh, and, and, and some of you say that's a small population, but I'm just being honest with you. I haven't reached 885,000 people yet. Amen. Uh, there, there's a lot of people to reach uh, here in our state. We have a land mass of about 75,000 square miles, and uh, about 25% of our state is under the age of 18. If we, can reach, if we can reach them, we could reach our state with the gospel. Amen. I'm telling you, they are the hope of this state moving forward. 17% of South Dakotans are over uh, the age of 65. And, and then between 18 and 65, it's about 58.3%. But uh, South Dakota was named um, uh, after the Lakota and Dakota Sioux American Indian tribes. Uh, became a state November 2nd, 1889. And, uh, of course, Pierre's the state capital. When we came, there was not a church. There was not an independent Baptist church in Pierre. Now, River City Baptist Church is there, pastor by Brett Groves, and we thank God for his faithfulness and what he's doing there. But here, here's, 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 because that's just numbers, here's what I want to get to, guys. And I know we have a lot of church planners, but if you're here and you're a preacher and you're praying about the will of God, or if you're watching this on live stream, right now in South Dakota 2020, there's 310 towns in the state of South Dakota. Forty of those communities have more than 2,000 residents. 270, the other 270, they're small towns. You're not going to have a mega church. Between three and about 1,945 people, you know, uh, uh, that, that's a lot of towns. With, 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 that's why these guys are talking about circuit ride ministries. Uh, it's, it's, it's nearly impossible in small town South Dakota to go and to plant a church in your lifetime and have a church that is completely self-supportive. And when I mean that, I mean supporting the pastor full-time. They can pay their own bills, but I mean supporting the pastor. And so a pastor either has to uh, see several churches started, amen, or he has to be bivocational, and that's just the way it is. Uh, but but I, wanted to, I wanted to just do this real quickly, and I promise I'll just take five minutes, and then we're going to get to preaching. Um, I, wanted, I wanted to give you some towns in our state to pray about. And the Lord's allowed us to pray down through the years and sent men to these towns. And if we could get on board and pray about some of these places, some of these places are close to Sioux Falls. Some of these places are way out away from here. But I just want to give you some numbers. I'm going to give you 14 or 15 town names. And, and I promise I'll go through this very, very quickly. All right. I don't want to bore you with the numbers, but I do want to burden you with the numbers. 
because we've got to get a burden for our small towns. We've got to reach our small towns with the gospel. Vermilion, uh, very close to Brother Haley, population 10,801 people, 64 miles from here, about an hour's drive. Brother Haley actually attempted to start a church there, and at that time, it just wasn't the right timing, amen? Uh, we've, I mean, we've seen men try to start a church in a town, and then 10 years later, someone else comes and it takes off, amen? That's a town that needs a church. They have a, a non-King James a Bible church, which associates itself with the Southern Baptist Convention there, uh, but the closest independent Baptist church is Brother Haley, uh, about 20, 20 minutes away uh, from Vermilion. Brandon, where I live, uh, 10,094 people. That's up about 1,000 uh, just in the past five years. Everybody's moving out of Sioux Falls. The closest to an independent Baptist in Brandon is Brandon Valley Baptist Church, again, a non-King James Bible Church, which is a part of the North American Baptist Conference, uh, and that's within 20 minutes of right here. They need a church, amen. I'm telling you, sinners aren't getting up on Sunday morning and saying, oh, we're going to find an independent Baptist church to go to. We've got to get to them, amen, and we've got to plant churches there. Lennox, 22 miles to the southwest of here, 24 minutes away, population of 2,436. These are, to me, these are larger population towns, and it's it crazy because I'm in Sioux Falls, but 14 years in a town of 500 people. I mean, we had 14,000 people in a 45-mile radius. I'm like, man, man, that'd be great to pastor in a town with 2,400 people. Uh, there's a Baptist church between Lennox and Chancellor, but you can't tell everything I've looked at. You can't find the affiliation. Uh, and normally independent Baptists pretty well advertise themselves. Amen. If you're not advertising yourself, you're trying to hide something. Amen. All right. Somerset, population 2,239. That's close to Brother Brooks. There's an independent Baptist church about 10 minutes away in Blackhawk, I think there used to be, Brother Brooks thinks there is, and we're just not sure what's going on over there. How far is that from you, brother? 10 to 15 minutes. All right. So, so 10 to 15 minutes from you as well. Amen. All right. Uh, but these, these, are, these are towns that need churches. Amen. Beersford, uh, a population that's south of here, about uh, just eight people short of 2,000 people. They have a, a Victory Anabaptist Fellowship, which claims to be independent. Don't know anything about it, but... Uh, uh, if, if you've read on Anabaptist fellowships, amen, they're not quite where we are, amen. And they need, you say, man, they need an independent, they need an independent Baptist church, amen, all right. Beersford, Dakota Dunes, uh, located 10 to 15 minutes away, again, uh, from Elk Point, a uh, town of 3,067 people. They need an independent Baptist church. Let, let's get a long ways away from here. Lemon, South Dakota, population of 1,191 people. That's up in the northwest part of the state. Uh, that's 417 miles from here. That's six hours from here. There is no Baptist church of any kind in Lemon, South Dakota. None. Zero. In fact, if you left Mobridge, South Dakota, right now where my father-in-law pastors, you'd go a little bit to McLaughlin, where Brother Andrew Deason pastors. When you left McLaughlin, South Dakota, you would drive on Highway 12. You would drive through Lemon. You would drive through Headinger, North Dakota. You would drive 179 miles to Baker, Montana. Before you found a Baptist church. Think about that. That's America. That's not Africa. That's America. 179 miles on a major highway. And again, there's no huge metro. I mean, Lemon's one of the larger towns. You, you, you pass McIntosh. You pass Watauga. Morristown. Some of those have 175. Some of those have 1,170. And I could give the names of all the towns. The, the point is... That, and by, by the way, that, that, that's the most barren part of our state, the northwest part of our state. I mean, when I say barren, I mean you go a long ways between towns, but there are souls that need to be saved. Jesus died for small town South Dakota just like he died for big town anywhere else. Amen. And we've got to reach them. And, and I'm real excited because I'm looking at the crowd that can reach them. Amen. 
I, I really believe we can reach them. I'm watching what God's doing here last night. I'm seeing what God's doing here this morning uh, as we continue to see God raise up men with vision, with passion, and then the ability to follow through with that vision. Amen. I believe we can see God's church has started through these towns. So that's just some statistics. And if you have any questions, uh, again, the, uh, more than 40 towns, uh, you know, uh, the, those 40 towns with, with more than 2,000 people, they're, 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 most of those are located within a close proximity to larger cities like Rapid City or, or uh, right here in Sioux Falls. But these other 270 towns with less than 2,000 people, most of those are just out there. They're just out there, far away from anything and anybody, but they need souls. And, and, and we've got uh, we, Madison, uh, 7,437 people. Uh, West Center Baptist Church, North American Baptist Conference, not an independent Baptist church. Belfouche, population 5,696 people, 402 miles west of here. A Southern Baptist Church, an American Baptist Church, which promotes contemporary worship. No independent Baptist church there. Uh, Harrisburg, T, they're close to here. Del Rapids, 21 miles north of here. No Baptist church of any kind. Hot Springs, as far as we know, 3,500 people there. No, no Baptist church of any kind. Hartford, 30 minutes uh, just on the interstate east of here, or excuse me, west of here. Population, 30, just about 3,364 people. No Baptist church there. Winter, 2,825 pe- uh, people, 200 miles from here. Uh, two and a half hour drive. The closest independent Baptist church uh, to winter is one hour away from winter. Uh, Sisseton, 2,458 people uh, on the Lake Traverse Indian Reservation, 161 miles north of here. Brother Lamar's been there. An American Baptist and a Southern Baptist church in Sisseton that's on the reservation. No independent Baptist churches. Redfield, 2,332 people, 178 miles from here. A Southern Baptist church, closest church to theirs, 15 minutes south. There is one 15 minutes south of there in Tulare. And uh, so just, just some statistics. If you have any questions, want a copy of that, I will give that to you. I can email that to you. Uh, And these are places that I really believe we need to be praying for God to raise up churches. Amen. Raise up men to see churches started. All right. Again, thank you for uh, uh, your uh, uh, attention to that. And uh, I thank you, Pastor Jeff, for the opportunity to be able to preach today. All right. Revelation chapter number 22. Revelation chapter 22. I want to read verses 17 down to verse number 21. The Bible said in the spirit... And the bride say, what's that next word? I know you're all there. Okay. And let him that heareth say, what's that next word? And let him that is a thirst, and whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. He which testifieth these things saith, surely I, what's that next word? Come quickly. Amen. Even so, what's that next word? Come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray now as we look at these last verses of the Bible, God, as we focus on that word, come Lord, I pray that you would work and move. Lord, this isn't necessarily the message I would have chosen to preach to all these church planners and preachers. But Lord, I am confident this is the message that you've given us for this uh, moment. And God, I pray that you would just work every heart here. You know the need, uh, Lord, in every heart. You know what you're wanting to do in churches, uh, in church plants. You know what you're wanting to do in members right here out of Eastside Baptist Church. God, work and move in our hearts, I pray. Help us to be receptive to thee. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we read the last verses of our Bible, uh, we are reading the last verses of the book of Revelation, 
where the Apostle John was instructed to write on the things which were and the things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. And in Revelation 1, he's writing about the things which were. In Revelation 2 and 3, he's writing about the things which are as he deals with the churches. And then from Revelation 4 on to uh, chapter 19 and verse number 6, he's dealing with the things which shall be hereafter. And as he finishes the book of Revelation, uh, he finishes this letter by giving a warning to all those who would seek to add to or to take away from the words of the book of his prophecy. And I don't want to focus on that warning uh, for the purpose of this message, but I do want to focus on those verses that are wrapped around that warning, all right? And so as we look at the book of Revelation, we find that the church is missing from Revelation chapter 4 to Revelation chapter 19 and verse number 6, and we believe that the church is absent from the earth at that time. We believe that we're in heaven undergoing the judgment seat of Christ, which is one of the things I want to talk about in this message, and then the marriage supper of the Lamb. But as we come to the end of the book, the very end of God's word, John, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he makes an invitation to the world and he invokes the church. And because John is still alive and because the church is still on earth, there is still a job to be done as he writes the book. Most of this book is looking in the future, but then he comes back to the present and he says, and the spirit and the bride say, come and let him that heareth say, come. He's dealing back in the present. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him drink of the water of life. Take the water of life freely. Now, of God's three institutions on this planet, the home and the church and the government, I don't know that I could scripturally say one is more important than the other, but I would say that none are more important to the Spirit of God than the church of the living God in this dispensation. Amen. I believe that. While the church in the New Testament, it's likened to many different things. It's likened to a body. It's likened to a building. Man, in Corinthians, it's likened to bread. But it's likened to a bride. And then our text chapter, if we backed up a chapter, Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 1 and 2, uh, we find again speaking in the future now, the Bible said, I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was found no more sea. And, and, and I love verse number two. This, this verse makes me happy. Amen. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Amen. And, and, and that's future tense right there. We're looking, hey, that's the church's future, and that is the church's future. Amen. We're going to be a part of the New Jerusalem. Amen. We are going to be the New Jerusalem, and God himself is going to inhabit us in eternity future. Man, how awesome is that going to be? But right now, the church, right now, presently, 2020, September, whatever the day's date is, 2020, uh, listen, the church is the habitation of God through the Spirit. He, God's inhabiting. It's not like God the Father and God the Son. You can't see them as we will in the New Jerusalem. But the Spirit of God is here. And, and, and the Spirit of God inhabits the church so that we can accurately and theologically say that the church is the temple of God. Amen. The church is the temple of God. Now, I know that every born-again child of God is, is the temple of God. I get that. Uh, but, but the church is the corporate temple of God. Amen. I mean, I thank God for the local church. It is the temple of God. Amen. Now, as individual believers, we're told that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. And I'm not taking away from that. But the fact of the matter is, when God said in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3, If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. That's not, he didn't say which he is. 
is. He said, ye are. He's speaking collectively to the church there, amen. And I believe that the church then is the temple of God. So as we look at this first, this first come, the phrase, the spirit and the bride, and I'm trying to give you some introduction here and then, and then I promise the message is gonna move quickly, all right? But, but the church of the living God and the spirit of God, they are inseparable and inseparably linked in this dispensation. There could be no church without the Spirit. Try running your church without the Spirit of God. Amen. You're not going to get real far in a hurry. I can promise you that. Amen. It's like trying to run a car without gas. You're not going to get anywhere. All right. We need the Spirit of God. But can I tell you that, that, that while there could be no church without the Spirit, uh, that without a church to inhabit and work through, the Spirit would kind of be at a standstill too. We, hey, we need the Spirit of God. But the Spirit and the bride say come. The Spirit of God needs the church of God to work through. Amen. He, the, the Spirit, I'm just telling you, I don't believe this Bible teaches that the Spirit of God works out. He can, he can do what he wants when he wants because he's God. But I believe it teaches, amen, that the Spirit of God works through the church. And so we come then to this first come. He says, and the Spirit and the bride say come. They're inseparably linked together. And so we see here that the role of the local church, what's our role? What, I, mean, I mean, the Spirit of God's working in our church. What's our role? Our role is to say, come. That this is a declaration. We're looking here at the messenger, the messenger of the word come. It's, it's the church. Now, I can't, I can't, man, the Spirit, hey, I can't speak for the Spirit except what the Bible says, but I can speak for the church, Amen. I, I know this, if the church is doing its job, then the Spirit is doing His job. But if the church is not doing its job, if the church is not being the messenger, if local churches aren't getting bored, amen, with the message of God, amen, we've got a problem because the Spirit of God ain't renting airplanes like Donald Trump does to run around, amen, with a big banner behind it saying, repent and believe, amen. He works through the church, amen. Can I tell you, Eastside Baptist Church and every other church represented here, can I tell you that we are God's messenger. We, if I could say it this way, we are the hope of the earth, amen. Without the spirit-filled church, amen, this world will most certainly plunge into the fires of hell. Why do you think we're having this conference, amen? We believe that. We're the messenger, amen. We are the messenger, and so it's our responsibility to invite the world around us to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Every Saturday, I hope your church has visitation. When I came up to South Dakota, I was informed by other missionaries in South Dakota that we couldn't go on visitation. And I said, why can't we go on visitation? And they said, because that's what Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons do. Well, I don't care what Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons do. God never authorized them to go do anything. But God did authorize us to go and preach the gospel, amen. That's our ministry. That's our responsibility to preach the gospel. We got visitation. Amen. We have, hey, we invite sinners to come to Christ. Every church service, no matter what I'm preaching on, I'm trying to invite sinners. Amen. To get saved by the grace of God. Amen. In just a few weeks, Eastside Baptist Church right here is going to have a missions conference for the purpose of sending missionaries to unreached peoples and unreached places around the world. And what are they going there for? To say, come. This is the, so, so the church is the messenger, and this is a declaration. God's just stating the fact. This right here is just a truth. God's just saying, here's how it is, and the spirit and the bride say, come. If your church ain't saying, come, you don't have the spirit of God there. If the spirit of God's there, he's going to be telling you to say, come. That's a declaration. That is a fact. That's how God works on planet earth in this dispensation. But then let's, let's, let's roll on to point number two. Because he, we go to a different kind of a come. He says, and let him that heareth say come. 
And, that, and, 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 and what, what, what this is, you know, that first is that we're the corporate messenger, but, but notice the word him. God's speaking now to the individual that's a part of the church. He's saying, let him that heareth say, come. Let him that heareth say, come. That's our mission. That's our mission. That's why, hey, that's why God saved you. God saved you to bring glory to him by introducing others to the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we're here. That's why Brother Winters comes to wintertime. Amen. Uh, Minnesota to preach. I'm in the snow. Amen. To preach the word of God. Amen. That's why, man, Pastor Jack, that's why God's brought you here. That's why God's birthed some of you here and brought the rest of us here. Amen. We have a responsibility. So he said, let him that heareth. Let him that heareth say, come. This, that, first, that, that, that first come, that's declaration. But now this is participation. God wants everyone participating in this message. It isn't just a declaration. Hey, I want my spirit my church to say, come. God's saying, are you a part of my church? Are you saved by the grace of God? Hey, you need to be saying, come. If you're here and if you're not involved in spreading the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to your world and you're saved by the grace of God, what are you doing? That's why we're here. That's why you are here. That's why I am here. That is our, that is, that is our purpose in life. I know what a life, amen. That's our mission. We get to participate. And then I, li- I, like, I, like, I like how he said it, let him that heareth. Let me just stop and say right, right now, are you listening? Because if you're listening, he's talking to you. You know why so many places don't have churches right now? It's not that God's not sending. It's not that God's not commanding. It's not that the Spirit's not saying, go. People aren't hearing. You know why they're not hearing? Because they're not listening. If you're hearing, he's saying right here, that's a command. He's saying, hey, get involved. Get into this thing. Participate. Let him that heareth say, come. Hey, are you doing your job as an individual in this matter, are you fulfilling your mission in life? Because that is your mission in life. Your mission in life is to make disciples. Your mission in life is to introduce others to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Are you fulfilling your mission? I find it interesting in the history of the New Testament church, the greatest church planning mission ever was when God brought persecution to the church in Jerusalem. And the, you know what the Bible said? It did not say, and the apostles went everywhere preaching the word. It didn't say, and the prophets went everywhere preaching the word. And it didn't say the pastors and teachers went everywhere preaching the word. You know what it said? And they, that's church members, amen. We don't pay our pastors and our church planners just to preach the word. It's all of our job to be a witness to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And they went everywhere preaching the word. And you mark it down, where the word's preached and people get saved, God will see to it that a church gets planted there. Amen. He will. You follow the New Testament where the gospel got preached. Those places Paul went and people got saved, but he didn't establish a church. But he come back on that third missionary journey and you find churches in those places. Because God started a church, amen. When the gospel's preached, a church will get started, amen. People get saved by God's grace. In time, they're going to organize. They're going to have to have a time and place to meet. And they, and they may not call it a church to start with because they don't know better. But in time, someone will come. God will put the right person at the right place with the right people at the right time. He just has a, you think he knows what he's doing, Amen. Glory to God, amen. Man, that's our mission. Hey, but can I address some others here? Because while we all have the general command to say come, I just wonder, I wonder today, I think, perhaps, I'm pretty sure the Holy Ghost is talking to somebody right now. I'm pretty sure of that because that's just how he does. And he's whispering in your ear right now saying, I want you 
to be involved. I want you to be involved in full-time ministry. I want you to be involved going and planting a church where there's not a gospel preaching church in one of these towns. I want you to be involved. If you can't go out and do it yourself, then get behind and support these men that are going. But I want you to be involved. I believe God's always looking for men to go into the ministry. I believe that. I believe, I believe in a crowd this size, God's whispering. And, 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 I, and I talk to young people all the time. They're like, well, how do I know it's God? Can I just tell you if it's God, you'll know it. There's a reason he said, let him that heareth say, come, because you already recognize the voice of God. The same voice that you heard that brought you to salvation, the one that kept telling you on the inside, you need to get saved. You need to get saved. You need to get saved. You ought to recognize that voice. My sheep hear me. I know them. They follow me. You already, you know his voice. It wasn't the devil that told you you needed to get saved. It was God. I'm pretty sure it's not the devil telling you to go into the ministry full time. I'm pretty sure it's God. Amen. Let him that heareth. Are you hearing? Say, come. Say, come. Get involved. Get some participation. Hey, hey, let's roll on here. Then this, and this may sound a little redundant, but let's get to my third point. It's not redundant, but it might sound redundant for a moment. Let him that is a thirst come. Now, that's different completely. That's not, and the spirit and the bride, that's not a declaration. The spirit and the bride say, come. That's not, that's not your mission. I want you to participate on an individual basis. No, this, this, is, this is the actual message that the messenger carries, right? This is the message. And this is an invitation. Let him that is a thirst come. And man, I love that message, amen? I think that's my favorite message in the whole wide world, amen? I mean, Jesus, what a wonderful name. Man, that, me- hey, listen, that, and let him that is a thirst come. Man, you guys get that? Man, there's like almost 8 billion people on this planet right now, Brother Brooks, almost 8 billion people. And God said, let, let him that's a thirst. That's incomprehensible. That if everyone on this planet right now wanted to come, they could all come. That's incomprehensible. That ain't you say, well, only who God elected. We're not Calvinists here. That's the other meeting. Amen. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't promote that stuff. Amen. Whosoever will. Man. That's not only incomprehensible in terms of the amount of people, 8 billion people, but think about that, whosoever will. Think about him that's a thirst. Man, yesterday, man, I had a 25-year-old Native American come down to church on Sunday. He's been there several services. He come yesterday for a Bible study. Man, he's 25 years old, never worked a job in his life. He's so messed up and beat up by sin, but he came in and he wants to do Bible study and he wants to learn and he got saved yesterday. Amen. I might start running, preacher, and I'm not a runner, but I might start running. Amen. I had one of those donuts this morning. I got diabetes. I got to get my sugar down. Amen. Man, listen to me. Man, I don't care how wicked a man is, and we're living in an age of wickedness. I mean, I mean, man, man, if you stay up and don't go, I mean, I don't even want to say the name, but Netflix got a name out there of, of, of really, it's pedophilia. I mean, we're living in a wicked day. And you look, just, hey, just drive down to the inner city of Sioux Falls. Drive downtown. Go down to the rescue mission, and you see those men down there, and you see those women down there that are broken by sin. They're broken by filth. They are wicked. They're dirty. They're diseased. Honestly, man, they got bed bugs coming off them. Life's coming. I'm telling you the truth. Amen. You go down there, and you start preaching to those people, and you know what? You'll find there's some wicked, wicked people down there. We got folks starting to come to church from the rescue mission, and I've got guys that have to literally stay where I said, man, if this guy gets up and goes somewhere, somebody goes with him. Amen. But I want them to come to church. (laughs) 
I want him to get saved. Let him that's a thirst come. Can I tell you, eight billion people, and really, I mean, we look and say, well, that man's really filthy. Really, there ain't no such thing as a good sinner. We're all wicked sinners, amen. <laughs> Woo! And God saved you. Paul said he was, he was the chief of sinners. God saved him. Man, I'm just telling you, man, don't lose your vision, man. Listen, that's our message. When you lose your message, you've lost the ability to be the messenger, amen. That is our message. Let him that's a thirst come. Can I tell you this? I got to meditating on this way late on Saturday night. Too many cups of coffee later, amen. And meditating about midnight or one o'clock in the morning. And boy, I got to thinking about this and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let whosoever will... 8 billion people and there's all these filthy sinners and there's the water of life and it occurred to me amen that I, hey, yeah, I don't mind we'll run out of sinners before God runs out of salvation amen we'll run out of sinners before God runs out of his supply of the water of life so you just keep pouring out the water you make the water accessible you make it where water. people want to drink the water amen they'll drink it in time you just keep making it accessible to them amen that's our mission. That's our message. Amen. And then I got to roll. The motivation. Look at the next one. The motivation. We jump down three verses to verse number 20. He which testifieth of these things saith, surely I come quickly. Now that's, that's the motivation. But we're looking at that other word. That's, that's an exhortation. I mean, that's an exhortation. I mean, that's completely different than this other message. The spirit and the broad say come. Let him that heareth say come. Him that's a thirst come. I mean, he says, hey, wait a minute, guys. I'm coming. I'm coming back. And, and, and if we back up, if we back up just real quickly to verse number seven, uh, he said, behold, I come quickly. And then if we go to verse number 12, he said, behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give to every man, brother Silas Clark, to give to every man according as his work shall be. Now, as a church planner, you can sit back in your little village. I'm in Africa. Hold on. I'm in South Dakota. You can sit in your little town. And you can say, our God is an austere taskmaster. And I'm so afraid that if I win someone to the Lord, I might do it wrong. I might be a little too quick in the way I do it. And I, I want to be thorough. Amen. I might, I might not do this, that. I'm just going to bury my talent. Hey, there's an exhortation here. Behold, it come quickly. The way a lot of Christians live in. I'm not saying you, because I think better of you than that. Amen. But the way I've lived many times, I, the way I have lived many times, you'd think he said, behold, I come slowly. But that's not what he said. He said, behold, I come quickly. Brother Herring, there, there's an urgency to this work. He's coming quickly. He that cometh shall come. He will not tarry. That ought to motivate. You say, well, wait a minute. He said, I come quickly and my reward is with me. Now, I'm not trying to get onto other subjects, but I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of guys and they say, man, some of you independent Baptists over there, you're involved in performance-based stuff. <laughs> Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give to every man according as his work shall be. Right. I want to have as many works as I can, amen, in the power of the Spirit, not the power of my flesh. In the power of the Spirit, I want to be doing all I can do, amen. I mean, I want to take 24 hours out of a seven-day week and use every bit of it, and then a little more. You say, preacher, you got to slow down. He said, I come quickly. Where do you want to slow down? When do you want to slow down? I know when you take vacations. I'm taking a vacation next week with my bride. Hallelujah. Amen. If a hurricane doesn't mess us up, we're going to sit on the beach for four days, uh, not where anybody's naked. All right. Just clarify that. Amen. All right. We're going to the clean part. Amen. All right. 
And we've got this, I think, I think we got this thing worked out. Amen, if a hurricane doesn't come in, it'll be the first time we've had a time like this a long ways from our kids in a long time. Amen. Amen. Man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not saying, yeah, we, all of us got to come apart before we come apart. But when you get back in, amen. I used to work with this guy. I got to get done. I used to work with this guy. And, and, and we would go to break time every day. And about 10 minutes before break, he would start slowing down. I'd be like, hey, man, what are you doing, man? We got work to do. Can I, let's roll, let's roll, let's roll. I can't just sit around. It drives me crazy. And then, and then break would get done. And he'd just take his time coming back to work. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, we're going to get fired because I lazy. And this guy looked at me one day. He said, James, don't you understand? You're going to die young. I said, why am I going to die young? He said, you've got to learn how to ease in and ease out of break time. Just relax. The work's still going to be there when we get there. I said, if I was your boss, I'd fire you. That's not how we're supposed to do with church. We're going to just ease in and ease on out. I'm going to start easing into vacation a month ahead of time. Ease out a month after, amen. There's work to be done. Work for the night is coming, amen. One of the girls from a previous church said, and then we'll work some more, amen. Listen, seriously, there's an urgency to the work. And it ought to motivate you and I that Jesus is coming. This is the only chance in eternity we have to make a difference in eternity, amen. Use it while you got it, amen. I'm just telling you, use it, use it. I wonder how my work is. I wonder have I done my best for Jesus, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, I wonder. And then let's roll to the last point. I've got to, I promise you, I think the worst judgment of God on any preacher. People come to me and they say, man, I can't stand to hear you preach. I say, join the crowd. I can't either. I hate hearing myself preach. Amen. I think the worst judgment on any preacher is that I have to listen to itself for all eternity. Amen. So I'm, I'm trying to get done for your sake and mine. But look at this last one. John, the revelator, he thought about it for a little bit. Amen. The Bible doesn't tell us if he wrote amen right away. He may have wrote it right away, brother. He might have wrote it an hour later. But whether it was a split second or whether it was an hour, he wrote amen. There was some meditation going on right there. Amen. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. You know what that is? That's anticipation. That's someone that's looking. Well, why would you be looking? Behold, I come quickly. My reward's with me. There's a reward. (laughs) The one that died for me is coming for me. I get to have a reward for him because I served him, because I just went out and did what he enabled me to do. I get a reward for all that. Man, I hear people say, oh, I'm I'm terrified of the judgment seat of Christ. I'm like, man, what in the world? I hear preachers. They're like, oh, man, I'm scared of the judgment seat of Christ. Jesus judged our sins at Calvary 2,000 years ago. We're not going to be judged for our sins. What are you scared of? What I do fear, it's a judgment for stewardship. What I do fear is that when he comes, I'll be found not faithful. I'll be found not busy. But John's anticipating him. He's saying, even so, come quickly. That only a man that was confident would have said that. Only a man that was sure that he had been faithful to God could say that. It's kind of like the Apostle Paul said, I fought a good fight. He wasn't bragging, that's just fact. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me. And God's not a respecter of persons. If Paul can say that, you can say that. I can say that. Amen. If we're busy about his business. Are you ready? Are you fulfilling your mission? Are you faithfully carrying the message? I want to stay motivated. And I want you to stay motivated. I can't answer for you. All I can do is answer for me. But I hope all of us stay motivated because he's coming soon. I can say right now, 
Pastor Jed, I can say this honestly. Even so, come quickly. Lord Jesus, amen. And I hope you can say that. Let's pray and Pastor Jed will come. Lord, thank you for being so good to us. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege we have to be able to go out to this old wicked world and say, come and drink the water of life freely. Boy, I've enjoyed being here. This is awesome what's going on. But Lord God, I, man, I tell you, I was sure enjoying myself yesterday at about 11 o'clock when that old boy got saved by the grace of God. Man, Lord, I pray, I pray that you just keep helping us to make opportunities and take opportunities to win folks to Christ. And then God, motivate us from your word to be witnessing, to be involved in planting churches for the glory of God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.